I didn't do the music thing. Good. Um, which actually, how does it's like that? All right. The music? No. You want me to do it? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was trying to think for a joke later. That's right. I plan my jokes. That's the best kind of jokes. Definitely. And hopefully, I'll have to explain it. Okay. So. Welcome to Let's Run That Back. I'm Cody, and today my wingman will be my SOB, Dylan. We'll talk about what we've been watching, go Mach 10 while discussing Top Gun Maverick, and we'll consider what movies will be iconic in the future. So without further ado, let's run that back. Since we've got Dylan here, hi Dylan. Hello. We've had him on before, and a lot of the other guests, I will ask some questions so that people will get to know, like, your thoughts on movies a little bit better, and for whatever reason, I never asked you, so we're going to go ahead and do that. So, Dylan, what genres of movies do you typically like? So, my favorite genre is mystery, which is a little more, not niche, but it's not like action or something like that, so I don't know if that's what you were looking for. Yeah, that's fine. And I guess I typically like more... You want to say horror, don't you? No. I tend to like the types of movies like Interstellar or Inception. I guess movies that... Are Christopher Nolan movies. Well, I know they're just Christopher Nolan movies, (laughs) but there's other movies, like Everything Everywhere All all at Once. Yeah. That have a little more, like, they're a little more unique and have more depth, I guess. Cerebral. Um, And... I, I, I wish I knew all the things, but I feel like those are, like, considered like postmodern or something it's like a non-linear storytelling and require a bit more thought from the audience instead of just being a, a straightforward thing so a lot of psychological stuff but then with interstellar and inception and everything there's some like blockbuster kind of stuff in there yeah so that 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 is what i enjoy most and mysteries and of the movies you've seen what are some of your favorites knives out is probably currently one of my favorites if not my favorite movie Memento we saw recently. I really like that. Crazy Rich Asians for something a little different. Everything Everywhere All at Once we also saw recently, and I really enjoyed that movie. Okay, cool. And then how have movies been a part of your life? Past just knowing you, not much. Like, if I didn't know you, I probably wouldn't be as into movies or have watched as many movies. But from just knowing you and you showing me a bunch of different movies, it's been a part of my life in that sense. And I've definitely seen plenty of movies that... I've, of course, really enjoyed and have impacted me, I guess. Okay, so I'm just glad I have it recorded that it is good that I force (laughs) people to see movies all the time because otherwise you wouldn't be cultured. Sure. That's what you said. That's until you make me watch Citizen Kane. More on Citizen Kane later. (laughs) Not really, but now I I have to try to work (laughs) it in. All right, so that's to let you get a little bit of Dylan's insight, see where he's coming from when he talks about, you know, later Top Gun Maverick and some other iconic movies that we're going to be talking about. Not that Top Gun Maverick is iconic, but I I meant those kind of separately, but they sounded like they were together. Unless they are, it is. We'll find out what you think. But then also just kind of briefly, like some things that we've been watching, usually Matt and I discuss some things we've been watching recently. Have you been watching anything recently? Only The Boys. I just started watching oh, The Boys yes. a few weeks ago, and I'm almost caught up now. But other than that, I have not been watching anything. And you don't own, like, two male dogs that you call The Boys that you've been watching, right? This is a show? It's the show, The Boys. Okay, awesome. And that's, that's like, superheroes, but more realistic and... and depressing. Depressing, okay. Yeah, it's, it's like if, if... It's almost as if superheroes were real especially like in america yeah so it goes into how it would probably not really be a good thing i have not watched it because (laughs) i got two episodes in and found it way too dark and depressing you did let me know that those are the hardest ones to get through and i should keep going but i'm almost nervous because i feel like i have to start over at those episodes because it's been so long and i'm kind of dreading it another thing that i know you watched because it's also something i watched and we watched together is we finished Dark recently, which is a German show on Netflix. 
that involves time travel and stuff. And I know that I can be... <laughs> I can be dramatic on this show um, and hyperbolic. But I think that that was a perfect show. And I kind of don't think there is any show that is better than Dark. I, I can vouch for that, too. That is maybe the best show I've ever watched. And uh, you, I'm sure that you could find some things that aren't great about it, I guess. But as far as plot and, like, acting, there it's three seasons long, and it deals heavily with time travel. And there are no plot holes. None. And that's just impressive. That mo- That show was so good. I've also restarted The Expanse, the sci-fi show. I It's ended. It's an Amazon show at this point. Started out as the channel sci-fi, um, and that's just a sci-fi show that I love, so I restarted that recently, and I've been really enjoying that. And then also I got Regal Unlimited recently, and so I've just been seeing movies. One of those was Top Gun Maverick. Actually, I just paid for that one. And yeah, that was I got, before you yeah, got it. Yeah, exactly. Um I would say also Thor, no, Thor was the first movie. I saw yes. Thor Love and Thunder with the Unlimited. I saw the Black Phone, which was really good. It didn't drag you to that one because it's horror. I tend to go see horror movies alone in the theaters, and I try not to jump too much when the jump scares happen. There was one that got me pretty good, and I may have like physically moved. <laughs> and I just imagined the people behind me being like, <laughs> little bitch, just they didn't make any i think they jumped too though so we're, we're all good everyone jumped whatever i have to tell myself <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding everybody's screaming you were the only one that was kind of calm <laughs> oh god okay so let's move into a movie that we saw recently we saw it together top gun maverick uh this movie was directed by joseph kosinski he directed tron legacy back in the day and that movie is one of my all times love that movie first date I went on with Kristen was to see Tron Legacy in 3D and yeah so clearly someone that has a good visual eye and can direct action he also directed an action movie with Tom Cruise before this one and so I guess that kind of creates the relationship he has with Tom Cruise Written by Aaron Kruger, Eric Warren Singer, and Christopher McQuarrie, all separately. So those were just three people that had different passes on the script. The last one, Christopher McQuarrie, he's the guy that like directs pretty much all the mission, the last three Mission Impossible movies. And so I, w- I wouldn't put it past Tom Cruise to have been like, all right, I'm doing Top Gun. Give it to Christopher McQuarrie because he knows what to do. More on that a little bit later. It is starring Tom Cruise, Jennifer Connelly, Miles Teller, Monica Barbero, etc. There's a lot of people in the movie, but you don't really get to see most of them, so it's not that big a deal. (laughs) Alright, so, the movie isn't too plot-heavy. It takes place 30 years after the original Top Gun. Tom Cruise returns as Maverick. Currently a test pilot, Maverick is recruited to instruct at Top Gun by Iceman, his old friend and rival. He's recruited by Iceman at the dismay of all the other instructors. Maverick needs to teach the best Top Gun graduates how to complete a very difficult mission. Some might call it an impossible mission. Bum, 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 bum. That's why we got Christopher McCoy. That's why you practiced the music earlier? Yes. For your scripted Mission Impossible joke? Yes. Okay. But it is funny that he got the Mission Impossible guy to take a look at the script, and they were like, just make it an impossible mission. (laughs) Anyway, the hotshot Top Gun grads fight to impress Maverick. Some of these include Call Sign Hangman, Phoenix, Payback, Fanboy, Bob. I forgot about Bob. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> but Rooster, on the other hand, doesn't care to impress Maverick. You see, Rooster is Goose's son from the first movie, the original, and we learn that Maverick pulled Rooster's papers from the military when he originally tried to join up. And that set him back years in his military career. Throughout the movie, Maverick and Rooster have to learn to get along. Uh, Maverick has to apologize. Rooster has to, I don't know, understand where he was coming from. You know, typical stuff. So the people in charge at Top Gun just need the recruits to learn how to complete the mission. Coming home isn't necessarily important to them. Maverick disagrees and 
mostly focuses on making sure the pilots can make it home at the end. In the end of the movie, Maverick chooses to also fly the mission because, of course, well, he, he has to. He doesn't necessarily choose. Why does... Uh, he's, he like, gets, the like, only one to, that basically. can do it. Yeah, because he, he steals the plane, and um, I don't remember the guy's name, oh, but right, the head yes. guy says, you can either fly this mission because you just demonstrated that you're one of the only people that can do it, or you lose your wings or whatever. Right. He wanted to do it, though. He let's, wanted let's to get do it. He would have done okay, it. He's going to do it. Um, and he chooses his uh, pilots to accompany him. He chooses Phoenix, Bob, Payback, Fanboy, and, of course, Rooster. They fly that amazing mission, but Maverick is shot down. Rooster goes back for him and is also shot down. They commandeer an old F-14, I think it was, and make a thrilling escape fighting new fifth-generation fighters in their bucket of bolts. With a last-minute assist from bad boy pilot Hangman, they all make it home safe. There was also a love interest B-plot with Jennifer Connelly and Tom Cruise, and it did add some tension to the action, but it didn't feel necessary to like kind of explain that entire thing. Uh, so yeah, happy ever after. Mission complete. Everyone lives. Love is in the air. End of movie. So let's talk about it. Dylan, you didn't see the original Top Gun. Did not. Overall, did you like this movie? Yeah, I very much enjoyed this movie, which it's funny saying this after saying all the things that I usually like and enjoy about movies, because this doesn't really cover any of that, but all the more better that I surprisingly really liked it. Right. I also really enjoyed the movie. We'll get into more specifics of what was so good about it, and I have a couple things that kind of pulled it back, Um, but we'll just jump right into the good. The action in this movie is unlike anything you'll ever see. Even, Even watching the original Top Gun, you will not see action like this. It was awesome. That was like the best part of the entire movie. You have a movie where it's like, they're going to be flying in planes and dog fighting and training and stuff. They needed to nail that, and they did. Yeah, the action was incredible. And I maybe have not seen that many action movies just from what you've shown me. Right. But from what I've seen, this is, like, uncomparable. It was amazing to watch. Yeah, and they did, after, like, looking up some trivia, like, I don't know, 80% of it was actually filmed in real planes with actual pilots flying obviously the actors weren't flying but they were operating their own cameras and touching up their own makeup and stuff because they'd be up in the planes for 90 minutes at a time shooting these scenes and so the fact that you could tell how real it was is what really sold it if it was all just cgi mess like it would have been boring yeah for sure because There was a plot, like, literally there was a plot, but the entire movie hinged on just watching them fly around in planes, training, and then doing the mission. And so, I mean, that's the whole movie. (laughs) And it was so great. Like, I think we talked about it, that it was like, I I felt like when they were having scenes where people were just talking, I was like, get back in this place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't care what you're talking about. (laughs) And then they'd get in the planes and it'd be like, all right, here we go. (laughs) I also enjoyed the banter between the pilots, though. Like, the characters that they did choose to, like, show, uh, because a lot of the characters kind of got left in the background. Left in the background means didn't even say a word (laughs) for most of the movie, by the way. Like, like 14 (laughs) pilots showed up, and the ones that I listed that go on the mission are the only ones that matter really yeah um and then there's the hangman was yeah, there, like there's a couple rival. there's probably like six of them yeah that had some kind of six of them flew prominence. the mission oh much. really yeah. <laughs> okay well maybe like eight then <laughs> <laughs> and th- like all of their like you know shit talking and stuff and and them fighting with maverick because you know maverick is teaching them and they like his his test will be like all right you have to shoot me down and he just they couldn't do it and it was like so fun watching him kind of shit talk them afterwards oh that's how you want to fly you know like all that kind of stuff um they really created some some good relationships within this like because in the first top gun there was like a whole thing of like you're in top gun and so you're all rivals because you want to be the best but you're all still on the same team in the end um and i think they you know nailed that just going off what you said about 
like them kind of exchanging lines and banter between mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. That was one of my pros is just some of the lines in the movie. Oh, and yes. Just the dialogue in general yes. was just really good. And because it was almost like, especially, I mean, I know the line that's like the best line. <laughs> And so we can. I mean, there's a few. There's a few, I guess. But I mean, I'm thinking them on the ground at the end. And one of the big things that was in the first movie was like, don't think, like just just be in the plane, just do it, right? And um, Rooster's character has so much trouble in this movie. He like overthinks everything, and he wants to make sure they're all safe. But a lot of times in the training because he plays it so safe they end up dead in the end and so you know mavericks tries to get it through his head like don't think just do and so there's just this great moment where rooster goes back to save maverick and he gets shot down and maverick finds him on the ground and like is so angry like because you know his dad was goose and he wants to protect rooster and everything he's like what are you what were you thinking (laughs) and rooster says you told me not to think that's a damn good yeah, line. That that was the best line in the movie. <laughs> was the, that was so good. Because it's it's almost like it, it's almost also like just like a commentary on like action movie stuff. It's like they always say shit like yeah. don't think, just do. Now you're faced with a reality of like you told this kid not to think. And, and he... it was a good like relief moment. Yes. Like well, it was a good relief in that yes, moment. Right. Because it was like, holy shit, how are they gonna get out of this? <laughs> very after a very high intensity like situation. Yeah. Um they also did this whole thing with <laughs> <laughs> which is like such a trope with it's not the plane, it's the pilot. Like, that's how he. That's how Maverick wants to train these people. Like, when they're feeling really, I can't do it, I can't do it. Like, this plane, because they're going up against fifth generation fighters. Fifth gen. Think about that. It's crazy. Fi- Which, how many I watched a video on this, on really? planes. Yes. Did you really? I completely forgot about it <laughs> until just now. <laughs> but... So wait, so, so what are these fifth generations? I, I watched an aerospace engineer react to it, and... I've never seen him before, but some guy on YouTube who also seems Neil to DeGrasse be Tyson. really into planes. Oh, okay. Like, he mentioned one of the planes that was in the movie and was like, so now I'm going to take a moment, since we've never talked about this one on the Before the Channel, to add it to my planes tier list. <laughs> I had to, like, skip through it because it's not what I'm looking for, but, like, I thought it was really funny. All right, so, okay. I mean, but all this to say, all yeah. this to say, at the end of the movie... <laughs> Uh, Rooster and Maverick climb into an F-14, I think, which... Shitty plane by, set up by the movie. Because in the... Uh, allegedly in the 80s, this may have been, like, the top plane, but we said it already. We're going up against fifth generation. Out of how many generations? Like, five. five. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> and so, you watch the movie and, like, Maverick... Maverick takes out these fifth generation fighter pilots. Two of them. Two of them. With this dumpster fire. And you're like, damn, now you watch this video, their F-14 would have been destroyed immediately, I, right? They didn't cover that. Uh, I was waiting for that part, but they they mostly, they talk about the first scene a lot. Okay. And just how that was. The Mach 10. Yeah, like, and they said, like, it's actually really accurate. Like, that's what it would kind be of like. our technology is at right now. That's, like, what we're pushing. And even it being Lockheed Martin and the skunk division, like, there was something. And it was yeah. actually really accurate, which All was right. cool to see. But, but. But. If you know about planes, let us know. Email us. Because I would imagine the fifth generation. There's no way, right? But if you don't remember, they set up that it's not the plane. It's the pilot. It's the pilot. And who was piloting the F-14? Maverick. The one and only. It was Maverick. The one and only. And when you're in a fifth generation plane, you can't account for the absolute psychopath that is you sitting can't. behind the wheel of the other plane. It's impossible. Maverick bum, bum, takes bum, any bum, plane bum, to 6th gen bum, just by <laughs> sitting in it. Yes. <laughs> because he's 60 years old. Yes. He's a 6th generation. Yes. No. Anyway, had to throw in that line because it's ridiculous. And also, the it's like what the whole movie hinges on pretty yes, much. And it was great, honestly. <laughs> it was It's super corny, but I love it. <laughs> and that's how I've explained the whole time. Like, anytime you come up with, like, a plot... <laughs> Well, but it's not the plane. It's the pilot. I'm just going to start saying that for anything. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to relate to planes. Exactly. It's just a great phrase to just have. Yes. yes. <laughs> We're, like, playing Mario, and I'm like, I can't beat this, this level. This controller sucks. It's not it's the, the controller. controller. 
It's the player. It's, it's the gamer. <laughs> all right. Another thing that really added to all that intensity for me was the sound design uh, and the editing. In the first Top Gun, when I watched it, I felt like they definitely had real planes flying around, but you almost couldn't tell what was happening. This movie's editing was so clean that, like, you'd have four planes that all look exactly the same, but the whole time you're watching the scene, you can tell who's in the front, who's on the side, who's coming up under. You just you just know, and I don't know how they did it so well. And the sound design. The, Amazing. Those jets. <laughs> the whole theater would, like shake it with... was very worth it seeing it in theaters which <laughs> yes. i think you noted before we saw it yes. saying like we have to see this in i theaters. had to but and and i'm sure it's going to be good on like you know blu-ray or whatever but they would get in those planes and the whole theater would shake and they would fly out and then you know they're being faced with all this g-force and the sound design was incredible because they'd have these little like little sounds of like them jostling in the seats and like their breathing being ragged and cut off like they'd just be like "Mm, mm, mm," as they're like taking g's and it just made the whole thing feel like you said yeah like you're in the plane with them yeah which is probably my biggest pro that i have on my list yeah which thanks to the great sound design and action and editing yeah you just i haven't seen a movie like this that made me feel so like anxious and nervous throughout the whole thing like i was a part of the plan or the team yes it was like watching something real and you really wanted them to succeed and be okay yes because they set they set up early in the movie that the mission that they're gonna have to fly was like you have two minutes pretty much to go from the start of the mission to where you have to drop the bomb and let me tell you this is why i say it wasn't plot heavy they said the mission is there are bad guys and they have uranium and you're dropping a bomb end of movie like <laughs> who are the bad guys i don't it doesn't matter are we it's, the good guys it's theorized that it was iran <laughs> okay that's the theory. <laughs> you can theorize all you want <laughs> well i don't i don't i was watching a video yeah. and some guy just went and they're attacking the bad guys not iran and like kind of moved on so right. maybe, maybe it was obviously iran but yeah. they didn't want to say we that. didn't catch yeah, that i don't know <laughs> i don't know but either way they are going on this mission that's time sensitive and pretty much the whole time it's like there's no way that you're supposed to be able to make this in this amount of time that's what makes it impossible and you have these moments where you know dylan mentioned earlier that maverick steals a plane at one point and it's because none of the recruits have been able to complete the training exercise because everyone's just like, it's impossible. You you can't go that fast and do it. And so Maverick steals a plane to prove to them that you can do it. And he flies the course and it's a simulation. Like it, it's not, it's not even real. And in that scene, you're like, Oh my god. Oh my is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? And like and then once he makes it, is he going to be able to hit the target? And like and I mean, this just goes without saying. Maverick is out of his goddamn mind. Great psychopath. Psychopath. <laughs> this was also after he was essentially fired from teaching them and leading the mission. He just stole a plane and <laughs> ran the entire course flawlessly by himself because keep in mind yeah, you're you supposed have, to have two you're supposed to have two pilots and he did the whole thing alone and you know face the g's and so that scene was tense but what the movie did so beautifully is in scenes like that they they prepare you they let you memorize what the mission is over and over again and so then when it gets to be the final mission it's like I know this turn they're making. I yeah. know this is the part where they have to speed up and and then they have even little fun moments where like there's a bridge there that they didn't know was yeah, there. Yeah, it's just like at the improvise going between a just, super tight space you now. You got to go be- but... between the bridge. So there was just moments like that and you like you said, you just felt so tense yeah, that they were going to get caught. Yeah, the entire time. And then you feel so excited and relieved when like the end starts to happen and yes. everything kind of goes well. It's it was insane. So anyway, I, I mean clearly we liked the movie that goes without saying do you have any other goods that we didn't touch on no i have tom cruise but i think we i wrote maverick <laughs> yeah it's... he was just <laughs> he's, he's just, just great and like from 
doing a little research and watching yes. some things, he's just like, he's basically just Maverick. Like, he's a psychopath in real life. Yes. He does all this crazy stuff to make it feel like more real and natural, which yes. I guess is another pro. The movie felt very real. Yes. But, and, and I mean, Tom Cruise showed up before the movie, not physically. He was in a video before the movie, and he was like, Oh, yeah. I forgot about sp- that. The speed is real. <laughs> the planes are real. You know, and and we were like, we got it, Tom. You're good. We got it. He was like, no. <laughs> but with a, I want to run something by you that I I oh, read yeah, sure. about, run this about Tom Cruise. Okay. I basically have no opinion on this because I don't really know much about yeah. Tom Cruise's career and yes, stuff. Yes, he is in Scientology. Yes. Well, oh, okay, okay, yeah, that was it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Someone made a comment, which some random dude, like I don't know who they are. All right, but shout out to random dude. They were talking about how they feel like that Maverick was almost made to represent Tom Cruise in acting in the movie industry because he's this elite actor that probably can be directing or doing a lot more mm. and has seen has been seen doing stuff like that, but still wants to stay in like an actor role and doing all these risky stunts when he could be kind of chilling a bit more. Right. That's a good idea. I mean, he because he is a producer, so he's not like he's not directing like they said. Oh, because what you're referencing is that after 30 years of being like pretty much the best pilot the Navy has ever seen, he's still just a captain. Yes, exactly. And so it's like he could be a. I think someone says you could be a two star general at this point. He's like, I like flying planes. Exactly. He wants to stay in the air. <laughs> and that's that is true. Which like, is yeah, the comparison. He just wants to stay in these like right. action movies, doing crazy stunts when he could be. Oh, he could definitely be chilling. In Mission Impossible Five, I think it is. He he holds on to the side of a plane as it takes off, and like Tom, you could do that in CGI, and it would look <laughs> fine. He's like, I'm I'm gonna hold on. Like I just imagine him. <laughs> I just imagine him all the time, like, I'm going to jump off the Empire State Building. And they're just like, you don't have to, Tom. And he's like, I'm going to do it. And then it's like, if you don't let me do it, I'm going to take a camera and I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you either gear me up and make me live or I'm killing myself from this stunt. <laughs> and then they're like, all right, Tom. But, and then it's like, go ask the producer. I am the producer. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Tom Cruise was great. Yeah. Whether he's he's. You can email us if you want. Maybe he's a terrible person in real life. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. In these movies, he is famous for a reason. So then let's move on to the not so good. I don't have a lot. Do you have anything? I have like a couple little things, but they're honestly more like observations. Okay. As opposed to not so good necessarily. Okay. So, I mean, I I was not a fan of the B plot, the like, love story with Jennifer Connelly's character more because I just didn't see the relevance in any of it. Cause like in the first movie, Tom Cruise's character Maverick, he has like, you know, a love interest and they get together at the end of the movie and everything. Um, she's not in this movie and there's seemingly no explanation for why, who cares, whatever. And then Jennifer Connelly shows up and it's like, Oh, Hey, we also were in love. Remember? And it's like, yeah, I remember. And you're like, okay, sure, I'll buy it. And then, like, they have this whole love story. And it's like, cool. You pointed out, I said it was 100% irrelevant. Yeah, I disagree a bit. So why do you disagree? I I think it added more to the, like, tension of the whole situation because Maverick is kind of just this reckless guy. Yeah. But then right before the mission... And throughout the movie, you're building up this relationship between them and getting back together, and you have the daughter, too. Yeah. And he tells them, like, I won't leave this time, essentially, and then goes on the mission where he could very easily die and leave, you know, not by his choice. But I just felt like that added to the intensity and really made you want him to come back, while at the same time, that plot not taking away from the good action and other stuff of the movie. Like, I'm glad that it wasn't as, um, like, at the forefront of the movie. And it was just this side thing, but still added a little bit of intensity to the whole movie. Because pretty much, if it wasn't there, nothing else would happen. Which, I understand that. Like, it had to be there just so that you could 
like maybe the audience maybe we want them to be in the planes the whole movie but maybe that's not as entertaining as it sounds we don't know what we want we don't know what we want so they were like jennifer connelly is here because you don't know what you want and we but, know you want jennifer connelly i mean i'm, I'm not <laughs> i'm not gonna argue with jennifer connelly but um i don't know it, it just it, i could take it or leave it yeah, they could put I, anything in that b plot <laughs> and it probably would have been just as interesting um we could have had longer sections of beach football, mm. um, which they did have in this movie to reference the volleyball from the first one. Definitely not as sexy as the volleyball, right, Dylan? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Still good, though. They ha- He had them playing two games of football at the same time. Did yeah. you notice that? Well, I don't know if it was two games necessarily. It was, was it? two games because you were supposed to be playing offense and defense yes. at the same so time. So it wasn't like two separate games. It was like a no. blend. Yes, but yeah. like there were two footballs and yes, each yes, team yes. was hiking at the same time. Yes. Because when you're in a fighter jet, Dylan, you're mm. playing offense and defense at the same time. So Very true. it seems like just some luxury, but no. It was practice. It was practice. Yes. Any other negatives for you? The only other thing I put, which is just because looking at reviews was the main thing I saw people talking about and giving it bad ratings for, is just that it's very American, and, <laughs> and some may call it American propaganda, Right. which to an extent, like, yes. sure, like, yes. If you see this movie and think to yourself, wow, I really want to join the military now, that's probably a bad thing. <laughs> but at the same time... At least me and you can make that distinction and still otherwise enjoy the movie and think it's right. very good without wanting to go kill ourselves for America. Now, did Tom Cruise stand in front of a giant American flag backdrop in the movie? Yes. <laughs> Do you want to join the Navy now? No. Okay, so we're good. And I think that that's one of the positives about them never naming any bad guys. Or Yeah, exactly. It's just like, you know. It's America being America. Take that as you will. I I understand the criticism. Let's say that. Yeah. But it did not detract from this movie at all. Completely agree. So yeah, pretty much we're 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 heading straight to the review section in a second. But I did want to know, since you haven't seen the first movie, there were some scenes where you know, Iceman made a return played by Val Kilmer again, and there was a lot to do with Rooster being Goose's son and, you know, all that stuff. Did you feel like you followed all the references to the first movie the whole time? Yeah, I mean, I think so. You gave me a brief explanation on the way to the movies, and I think that was perfectly fine. I was, I never felt confused during the movie or any of the plot. Maybe I would have felt more of a connection with like Iceman or it would have been cooler seeing him back or something if I yeah. had seen the first one but I still like felt that they were really close and it was like an emotional scene oh yeah for sure um that the scene with Iceman was great I will say though that that means like you would say you don't have to have seen Top Gun to see this movie not at all and uh, Top Gun I mean it's iconic and we'll get back to that later but the original Top Gun has probably less plot than this movie. So, like, t- take that as you will. Like, you don't have to know much of the yeah. first movie. It's Tom Cruise being young and flying in planes. Um, so, yeah. So, before we say our star rating, we have a recurring segment. <laughs> Who was that? You only saw him for a minute. Oh, that's Dylan's favorite character. And it's because Dylan, who's here with me right now, always has a favorite character that happens to to not have any relevance to the plot and he's actually here dylan is and so and i never get to guess because matt's always the one that guesses so i get to try and i think that top gun maverick is an interesting movie for this it is because there's not a lot of characters that aren't integral and i think i know who their favorite (laughs) character was and so do you have one yeah i i put one down but you are right it was tough because there's not like to be honest, I don't really have a favorite character in this movie because right. the characters I like aren't in this movie. Right. But 
I picked one. There is one that I picked. The characters you like aren't in this movie. What does that mean? The types of characters I like I aren't in this movie. I should Tom have said. Cruise didn't have like a dog. Exactly. Or and there wasn't like no no one like randomly funny for a second or like some cute thing. Like there wasn't anything like that, which is how I like to pick my favorite characters. I did just think of one scene that you totally could have made like your joke kind of an answer. And I guess technically you could have also remembered it, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that I think you actually picked an actual character that had lines in this movie, and I think it was Bob. It was not Bob. Oh, my God. It was not Bob. I told you earlier, I forgot about Bob. (laughs) Was it Rooster? It was not Rooster. Okay, 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 okay. Not not that many lines. Let's not get too crazy. All right, I got to calm down for a second here. Just tell me this. Is it an actual character that's, like, in the movie? they, They have a name. Which I thought about, there was one scene where it was at the bar where Penny, that Penny owns. Okay. And she has the bell where if you do a number of things, oh, you ring God. the bell. It's just and there was that guy that you didn't really know what happened, but he did something. And she rung the bell and he looked really confused like, oh man, what just happened? But I couldn't pick him because one of the things was like harass a woman or something. So like <laughs> he very well could have been an old creep or something. I wasn't going to pick him, but that was my first thought. But no, I, I picked a character with, uh, with a name in the movie. Okay, wait. Was it? Okay, this is my last guess. I only get three guesses. Was it Hondo? Nope. Oh, uh, okay. Who, who's your favorite? I picked Warlock. Really? Oh, didn't say much. I know why. But he knew when to pump that fist. That is basically all he did the entire movie. He would pump his fist whenever, like, anytime anything relatively cool happened, he would be like, "Yeah, just like shaking that fist up, just like us in the audience." (laughs) I was thinking there was a scene that was like a very big, intense scene where they flew into a flock of birds. Oh, yes. And I was like, what if the birds were Dylan's favorite (laughs) character? Jesus. (laughs) Okay, that was a good game. Let's review the movie. Let's let's give a star rating. I'm going to go ahead and say that this movie gets four stars from me out of five. I also gave it four stars out of five. And, I mean, we just talked about it as if it was a five-star movie. I don't really know what to tell you. I I feel like because the plot was pretty straightforward and I didn't care much for the side plot, like it wasn't perfect by any means, but I don't think there's much to match it in terms of action and excitement. Yeah. I I just, I think it didn't have everything, but everything that it did have was executed so well. Yeah. So it's easy to talk it up like it's an amazing movie, which it was. Yeah. But there were still some things missing. It's just not that big of a deal. So would you recommend it? For sure. And, I mean, it might not even be possible for you at this time, but if you can see it in theaters, like if you want to see this movie, see it in theaters. If you can't, it's not a big deal. It'll probably be just as exciting on your TV, but at least turn it up really loud when you watch it. Definitely. All right, so that was Top Gun Maverick. Since Top Gun, the original, is such an iconic movie, it got me thinking of what are, like, iconic movies from now going to be 20, 30 years from now? And so I wrote down some iconic movies from the past that, like, I I think can be agreed upon. Maybe, like, a couple of them. Maybe some people won't. But here's some movies that I would say are iconic. Top Gun. The Godfather, The Exorcist, Spirited Away, Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, Jaws, Star Wars, Wizard of Oz, Titanic, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Jurassic Park. We'll just go with those. Those are some iconic movies. How many of those do you think you've seen? Let's see. Two. (laughs) You've never seen The Wizard of Oz? Oh, I, I didn't read this side. I mean, yeah, I, I've seen The Wizard of Oz, like, many times. I don't really, right. you know. But, okay, so let's say you've seen two or three of them. Yeah. And that was, like, I don't know how many, 15, let's pretend. How many have you heard of? All of them. Right. Because they're iconic. And so this is an interesting conversation, and I'm interested to see where it goes. I've written down some movies that I feel like 20, 30 years from now will still be in the conversation. You'll still be able to talk to someone about it, they'll know about it, maybe they've seen it. Um, 
and I'm guessing you did the same. Yeah. And then I kind of want to talk about just what makes a movie iconic afterwards and stuff. But what are what are the ones that you wrote down? Because I'm Should really I just go interested. through my whole yeah, list. Yeah, just go through your okay. list. Some of them like are a, like there's some that I definitely believe will probably be iconic. Right. Some of them are a bit hopeful or more recent, so it's tough to say. Right. But I have. Oh, and I I personally was looking at a maximum of 15 years ago when I was picking mine. Did you do anything? Yeah, like that? I. I don't think any of these exceed 10 years ago. I did more more recent ones just because that's I haven't really right. started watching movies until right. the past few years. So And so keep in mind, 15 years ago was 2007, and 10 years ago was 2012. So, you know, we're looking around this time. Go ahead. So I have Interstellar and Inception. Mm-hmm. Get Out. <laughs> that's it. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Go ahead. Yeah. I put Get Out. Get Out, yes. I put Blade Runner 2049. Okay. This is a bit of a iffy one. Okay. Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> I think, has potential. <laughs> like, especially since Top Gun is already an iconic right, movie. Right. And from what I've heard, this is just better than it. Right. I think it has potential. So I, I just agree. I just toss it in there. Yes. Parasite. Okay. Turning Red, because I, I wanted to put an animated one that's a bit more recent. So I see. That's another one that's very recent, so it's hard to know. But Turning Which we'll Red. get back to that as well. Hereditary for horror. Okay. Joker. Okay. No Way Home for a superhero movie. Spider-Man, Spider-Man no, Way no Way Home. Just because it's all of them, you know. I feel like right. it's for a Marvel movie, it's like maybe the most potential. Okay. And I put Knives Out because I love it, but no <laughs> one really talks about it. So so literally not iconic already I don't, immediately. I don't, it's, it's hopeful. I okay. think it could be. It's a great movie. Maybe it'll be like a cult classic thing. And then I also have Everything Everywhere all at once. Okay. So there are some that me and you have the same, and there are some that I considered but didn't put on the list for certain reasons. I'd be very curious to hear them, because I, I kind of tried not to think about it too much. Yeah. Just because I'm not as like well-versed with that kind of stuff. I yeah. don't really know many iconic movies or what necessarily makes them iconic, but I just tossed in some some big ones. Oh, and I said we'll get back to Citizen Kane later. Oh, yeah. Iconic movie. You forgot movie. to put that, yeah. Iconic movie. Terrible movie. Uh, yeah, I won't say if it's good. I'll just say it's iconic. <laughs> I don't want to open that can of worms. <laughs> so, Speaking of iconic movies, <laughs> can of worms. <laughs> Disney Channel original movie. We still haven't watched it. All right. So I put Inception. I put Get Out, so we're off to a good start. The Conjuring. I feel like The Conjuring has potential to be like this generation's Exorcist, which is ironic given how much it pulled from The Exorcist. Um, I put Infinity War for Marvel, Avengers Infinity War. And once I'm done listing, I'll explain. I put Avatar, and I put... The, the James Cameron okay, movie. Okay. I think I've said it before on the podcast. I don't like that movie. But I cannot... I can't deny that it came out like 13 years ago. And they're able to have a sequel come out and people lose their goddamn minds that it's coming out. It's one of like the highest grossing movies of yes. all time, right? Like number two, didn't Endgame or something barely beat it? Yes. And then if you adjust for inflation, I don't know. Yeah. But And then I also put No Country for Old Men. That's where I kind of stopped my list. That's the oldest one 15 years ago. And No Country for Old Men is directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen, the Cohen brothers. And that also started making me realize there are some directors that are iconic where, like, that's their movie that's probably the most recent that, to me, I feel like will stand the test of time. I don't know. I haven't seen them all. But their filmography, even before 15 years ago, is all going to be iconic. Scorsese's movies are always going to be iconic. We named a couple Christopher Nolan movies. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. What makes a movie iconic? Back in the day, not a lot of movies were coming out. And so, like, if a movie came out like Star Wars, that I still can't really wrap my head around Star Wars. It was a brand new IP, intellectual property, for people that don't know what that means, brand new. So there's no backing for it. It's just a weird, goofy, fantasy sci-fi thing. But, like, everyone saw it. Because how many movies were out? Like, three movies? Everyone saw it. And what did movies cost? A nickel? I don't know. And another thing for being iconic is they're 
I don't really know, but I imagine there wasn't anything even close to what Star Wars Star was Wars. back then, like yes. as far as how sci-fi it was, which I know it's like soft right. sci-fi or whatever, right. but which so it started getting me to be like I feel like what makes something iconic requires everyone to have seen it. Like everyone sees the movie. And so that's why I didn't put Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, that was one I was or a bit... Or Parasite. Yes, there are, I, I can go through mine, too, and I break it down a little. I think those should be our iconic. Yeah. But then, why didn't I put <clears throat> Knives Out? Because a sequel to Knives Out is about to come out. And when that comes out, that'll water down Knives Out a little bit, because now we have a new thing. It splits the audience a bit. And that's why I had a lot of trouble picking a Marvel movie or like a Disney movie. Yeah, same thing with me with Marvel. And you can look at my list. Yes. Knives Out is separated. Okay. And I and put a have... frowny face. He did. I did <laughs> not know the questions you were going to ask me at the beginning of this. Yes. I just wanted to toss in Knives Out because I love that movie. Right. Which I didn't need to because you ended up asking me. Right. But I also, it's it's a very hopeful thing that I don't think will necessarily happen. But And so, you know, things like... You can also get into genre because, like, Get Out, you also put it. Yeah. I think that 30 years from now, if you ask a horror movie fan, oh, what movie should I watch? They're still going to say Get Out. See, that's another thing, though, that I had trouble with is you just said if I ask a horror movie fan. Right. So it's almost like there's a different types of iconic. There's, like, right. iconic to the public. Everyone knows about it. It's right. just an iconic movie or iconic to people who a watch genre. movies or people who specifically watch a genre. So right. stuff like that, like, I don't think Joker will really be iconic no. to the mass public. Right. But if you, many years from now, if you bring it up to someone who's in that sphere, maybe just into movies in general or into, like, right. the Batman stuff or whatever it may be, I, right. it's going to be in the conversation. Well, and you'll note, I didn't say The Dark Knight or anything, which I, I think is iconic, but how many Batman movies are going to be coming out. Yeah. It just doesn't water it down. I was thinking, okay, what about a Disney movie? Kristen was like, Frozen. Again, I don't like Frozen very much, but there's no denying Frozen is great. But, you know, you have this year, you're going to be like 10, 13 Disney movies away from Frozen. At what point are you going to just forget Frozen exists? Yeah. It's is tough, The Little Mermaid more iconic than Aladdin? Like, this conversation is way more complex than I imagined yeah. it would be. There's um, a lot of different ways of interpreting all of it. And so, obviously, there's not an answer here. But I think that our lists, where they were similar, I feel like we're probably right. Yeah. Um, I just also think when you look back at what an iconic movie is from the past, you start to notice they're, they, they don't really go past the 80s or like 90s even like people some people were saying like pulp fiction is iconic that's from the 90s and it's interesting because it's like does that mean we're in an era where you can't make iconic movies anymore well i just think there's a it's, lot it's just impossible to say with stuff in the past like decade really because you yeah. don't know right there will be movies that we've seen that we have no idea will be iconic and 50 years from now they'll be super iconic possibly right but it's just the word iconic almost implies from a long time ago almost. Right, like right, it, right. it has to be something that like stood the test of time or whatever. Right. Because like, yeah, I guess that's true. Because I, I just, I wondered if the flood of things to watch makes it harder for a large audience to all see the same thing. And so then you have that disconnect in like, conversation and like what makes a movie stay in the conversation and you saying top gun maverick could be iconic it passed a billion dollars and is like paramount's most profitable movie ever or something so like if you're just going based off how many people have seen the movie then that one definitely has a good thing going for it. yeah as what you said about there being a flood of movies and stuff making it harder. Yeah. I also think that back long time ago, one of the things that would make movies iconic is they would be the first to do something like that. Right. Which now with so many movies and so much time having passed, it's right. very, very, very hard to be the first to do something or have like a truly unique idea. Cause I mean, keep in mind there have been 
a, a whole new trilogy of Star Wars movies, <laughs> and none of us have mentioned them until this point because they just don't have that same thing that the original had. And even trying to pick a Marvel movie, like, is Iron Man the iconic one? Because yeah. it was the first one. Is it the Avengers, the first Avengers? You picked Spider-Man because it felt, and I picked Infinity War because they feel like a culmination of everything that yeah, came before. I, and I wanted to go back to that pick, actually. Because Infinity War is my favorite Marvel movie, 100%. Right. I love that movie. But I didn't put it for iconic because it doesn't require, but it becomes way yes. better when you understand the entire Marvel series and have seen all the stuff leading up to it. Whereas Spider-Man Spider No Way Home just came out, definitely not iconic as of now, but just it being a Spider-Man movie and them yeah. all being in it is like something I could see being iconic in the yeah. future. And I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be iconic for the future, regardless sure. of if each movie is. Okay, I, I mean, I think we milked that cow as long as we could. And I, I mean, I would love to hear what people think about this. So you can email us at letsrunthatbackpod at gmail.com. I'm sure that the next time when I talk to Matt um, on the podcast, we'll probably have, he'll probably have some things to say as well. He's probably been ripping his hair out this entire episode. So yeah, so that was our email address. Our website's letsrunthatback.com. Our Instagram is letsrunthatback. Dylan has been my special guest. Thank you, Dylan. Yep. And I am Cody. Thank you for listening.